milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C. and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Well, we got uh, indictments, or no, we got uh, subpoenas coming down. Subpoenas are coming down on the Biden crime family, according to James Comer. And so we're going to get into some of the exchange he had uh, with uh, Maria Bartiromo on Sunday. And uh, it was pretty interesting. It was it was enlightening. And um, in addition to that, though, um, the Wall Street Journal has put out some new information uh, related to the you know the the bribe bribery scheme from the Biden crime family. So the Wall Street Journal, you know, they're owned by Fox News, Fox News Corporation, but. They're also widely read by more liberals um, than uh, than uh, Fox News, for example. So the word is getting out there to the other side, so much so that the new polls have come out. New polls, CBS poll, for one, came out, but there were several polls where Trump is up across the board. I was surprised. The only uh, place he was two points down was Wisconsin, which when I was at Mar-a-Lago about 10 days ago, I, uh, or it was actually the weekend prior to last weekend. Um, so, you know, um, someone told me, uh, that they thought that Ron John, um, yeah, Senator Johnson would be a good pick for Trump's VP pick. And uh, I actually think that Sarah Huckabee Sanders could be. But, you know, Arkansas is a shoe-in, so there's no help there, right? But you get a woman, so you might resonate across the street, across the uh, board, across the board. So who knows? But uh, we have a lot of, uh, there's a lot of poll, poll numbers that indicate that Biden is underwater everywhere. Now, with Democrats, I mean, obviously, he's been underwater because he's a total fraud. 
uh, with anybody with half a brain, but uh, what we're dealing with here is a bunch of morons that voted for this guy. And we have to work with the morons, right? I mean, we have to literally work with stupid people to figure out why it is that they're being behaving so stupidly. I mean, that's just it. Anybody that would buy the crap that came out of the Biden crime family for so long, you know, I mean, for Joe Biden to tweet out, uh, decency is on the ballot. <laughs> and then the things flying around that there's, there's Frank Biden posing naked, Hunter Biden posing with hookers and naked, and James Biden laundering cash. I mean, the Bidens. And then, and then you got the daughter's diary, Ashley, that says, she would go and take showers late because Creepy Joe couldn't stop walking in the shower and showering with her naked at a, at a point where she was beyond puberty. I mean, this all is true. This is all like fact. This isn't conspiracy. This was written by the people. You know, you got Barack Obama saying in his own handwriting that he dreams every day of sleeping with another dude. He wrote that to his girlfriend at the time. I mean, none of this is what it seems. They're, they're all a bunch of fraud. You know, I, was, I love the question that uh, Christopher Ray got with respect to are we safer today than we were before, you know, given that we have an open border and there's a whole bunch of fighting age males from Syria coming through our border acting cagey, looking like they know how to handle a gun, carrying backpacks and military equipment. And when they're asked, they tell the cameraman, who's a citizen of the country they're invading, to put their camera down or else they'll get punched in the face. I mean, we're here. They're marching through our southern border with no remorse no con- contriteness, not nothing. They're just walking like they own the place, like they're invading this thing. Who is these? Who are these dirtbags? I mean, it's it's insane. It's just insane that we are. And so you ask Mayorkas, are do we have a secure? Yes, the border is secure. You ask everybody; they tell you, uh, they give you a BS answer. Like, even Christopher Ray couldn't answer that question. He, he sidestepped the issue. That we have more challenges today, but we're better equipped, he said. We're better equipped to handle the, the, um, the growing threat. So yes, the threat is growing, but we're better off and equipped. These people can't figure out how to shoot down a blimp from China. I mean, give me a break. Their intelligence lacks anything. I mean, the CIA doesn't have an intelligent bone in their infrastructure. If you look at Afghanistan and how the Middle East is on fire, we were in no wars under Trump. And we had North Korea on a friendly track. We had negotiated a trade deal with China that was better for the United States than any other deal we've ever had. We held a speech in Riyadh that 
preceded the Abraham Accord and agreement to normalize relations with these countries to the point where Jerry, even Jared Kushner, I know a lot of you don't like Jared Kushner, but Jared Kushner came out on Maria and said, I have a better chance of getting struck down physically and violently at an American university campus than I, I do in Saudi Arabia as a Jew. That said it all to me. That said it all. And we'll take a listen to that. That's because this, uh, these parades that are going on around the world are heavily financed. Do you think about what it costs for a Trump rally? Think about what it costs. There's a lot of money associated with people flying in, signs being made, organizations, uh, you know, and the social media and big tech giants are pushing this agenda. You know, they climb the fences of the White White House and uh, go to the rotunda of the Capitol, but they don't call that an insurrection. And now we know why they called it an insurrection, didn't we, on January 6th? Because they're using that phrase as a definition to to try to take Trump off the ballot. Meanwhile, we have new footage. I don't know if this is a credit to Speaker Mike Johnson or not, but we have new footage of Ray Epps guiding and organizing the storming of the Capitol building. And the phrase he used the night before on January 5th, we're going to storm the Capitol, was then mimicked by every media outlet on the planet. And mimicked. They stormed the Capitol. They stormed the Capitol. Almost like it was an FBI talking point. Or a CIA talking point. I don't know what business CIA has domestically. They're supposed to be an international arm. We also found out that USAID launched this program called Predict just before the pandemic. And it was, I think, utilizing Metabiota labs in Ukraine. So now I'm thinking, well, maybe they just, you know, wanted Russia to invade Ukraine so that they could clean up the mess, clean up the evidence of all the laundering. And while they're at it, they can launder more through the military-industrial complex, through all the military aid, and everybody put their Ukraine pin on, and all the money went out to Ukraine, and Sam Bankman-Fried benefited from the digital uh, donations to help the Ukrainian people, all while... He's sending billions to Democrat candidates and rhinos like Lindsey Graham. And he's never going to go to jail, I don't think. But FTX was his baby, financing all that money through Ukraine, laundering it. And they did the same kind of laundering through uh, military equipment, where they would take the military equipment. They they, They refused to audit. Even when it was requested, they refused to audit 
where how the money was being spent. And we know now that all the money that was going to Ukraine, no, not all of it, a lot of it, was finding its way back with strings attached. It was finding its way back to them being saying, we're going to give you this money, but you're going to have to hire the West Exec Group. You're going to have to hire the Carlisle Group. You're going to have to hire the Albright Stonebridge Group. You're, you're going to have to hire Ridgeline Partners. You're going to have to hire all of our Democrat operatives in Washington to facilitate future donate, you know, future spending if you want this to work. If you don't, then we're never going to get the funding and the war will be lost and big bad Russia will prevail. And so all of a sudden, they kept on hiring these people and these people that they were hiring inside the beltway of Washington, D.C., the swamp, was basically using the money for a lot of other things. Just like when they sent COVID down to local precincts and local districts in, in along the border and elsewhere, they would send it down and would, the money would find its way to Catholic charities and other organizations that were importing future voters and slave labor, uh, slave labor uh, humans that were going to make the corporation, corporate donors happy. So the corporate donors keep on giving money to the politicians because they're getting the slaves. And the sex traffickers have lobbyists too, and so do the cartels. And they all have ways to spend their money and have that money end up in the pockets of politicians that say they want to secure border, but allow for an open border since the beginning of time, it seems like. It's like, how hard is it to build a wall? How hard is it? You could send a man to the moon, but you can't build 500 miles worth of wall? They do it in the private sector all the time. You know those quiet walls to keep the highway noise out for those affluent neighborhoods? Yeah, come on, give me a break. Walls can be built overnight practically. But they didn't want to do that because of the politics associated with ballot harvesting, mail-in balloting, voter fraud, human trafficking, sex trafficking, slave labor, drug trafficking, cartels benefit, corporations benefit, politicians ultimately benefit. It's that simple. And whoever makes it happen gets some of that fruit. So here's Jared Kushner, though. It's a pretty profound statement, actually. Let's take a listen. One of the ironies is that uh, as an American Jew, you're safer in Saudi Arabia right now than you are on a college campus like Columbia University. Um, I spoke at the conference. They allowed me to speak freely. Yeah. So what's that say about America and the American Democrat terrorist party? I don't know. You got an open border and you got these Middle Eastern men are heading to the U.S. border, they panic and instantly hide their faces as soon as they see the camera. Because they're terrorists, that's why. Amigos, what country? No, 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 no. What country? No, 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 no. Block my face. You're from Syria? No. Yeah, you're from Syria. Syria. And they're marching along almost like military style. These guys 
are put together and can handle themselves. There's a lot of noise coming around J6 because of all the indictments and all the things going on against Trump, who's leading in every poll. But Mike Pence, you know, is such a such a dirtbag. He, he shut his campaign down, that's for sure. But what a what a turncoat! What a what a spineless man! What a loser! But uh, here he is, Mike Pence. This is uh, just before January 6th, which was coming up on a Wednesday. He was down in Georgia trying to drum up the vote, which failed because I seem to recall Lynn Wood and Ali Alexander and and that Peterson kid, little black kid that um, has gotten into the fray of uh, the politic and... um, C.J. Pearson, I think is his name, and Ali Alexander and uh, Sidney Powell and Lynn Wood and, you know, and the whole Patrick Byrne and Mike Flynn group, they all get up on stage and they say, don't vote. You're, You're not dumb. Don't be fooled twice. It was that whole thing. These people don't, didn't want the Republicans to win. They infiltrated, acted like they did, but they were lying. They were liars. And to me, that's just, you know, that's the way fights are fought now. Just look, Obama painted the blueprint on this. The only way you could break a country down to its knees is penetrate it from within. Get, get yourself elected. And then break everything from the inside when you have ultimate power as a president of the United States. And that's what he did. He divided our country, broke it down. He spent money like there is no tomorrow. He got us into wars. He built allies based on these military-industrial complex benefits, bioweapon benefits, all kinds of things, open borders, cartels, you name it. It's all shady business. Pushing this climate initiative, even though after he pushed it for eight years, he bought two oceanfront properties, one in Hawaii and one Martha, Martha's, Martha's Vineyard. Tell me that's not hypocrisy on steroids. Right? You'd think if he was true to his word, he would buy something inland on an elevated surface, if he truly believed it. But this guy is a monster, a madman. He owns another you know, mansion in D.C., won't leave the, the swamp because he's cold-blooded. He's like a reptilian Manchurian candidate. None of these people seem to be what they say. Just listen to Pence. This is a reminder of what Pence promised on Wednesday, January 6th. If you're heading out tomorrow, friends don't let friends vote alone. Bring a family member, bring a neighbor, and vote to send David Perdue and Kelly Leffler back to Washington, D.C. And here it comes, the you promise. Know, I know we all, we all got our doubts about the last election. And I want to assure you, I share the concerns of millions of Americans about voting irregularities. 
And I promise you, come this Wednesday, we'll have our day in Congress. We'll hear the objections. We'll hear the evidence. But tomorrow is Georgia's day. So for our faith, for our freedom, we need you to vote Georgia. So, you know, this is what he did. And he lied to the, he gave false hope. He set it up. He was part of the setup to the January 6th. And people were upset with Pence because he misled them. He lied to them. That was misleading what he said. And everything that he has said now contradicts what he said then. So there's this meme that was floating around. I commented on it. I'm just going to comment on it for you guys. Um, But uh, there's a meme. There's a guy with a cigar in his mouth and sunglasses. Looks like he's a tough guy. It says, liberals say if confiscating all guns saves just one life, it will be worth it. Well then, if deporting all illegal aliens saves just one life, wouldn't that be worth it too? And I said, similarly, if banning voter ID, mail-in balloting, and ballot harvesting allows just one more vote, voter to vote, then never considering the fact that thousands of illegitimate or thousands of legitimate voter ballots are nullified with each and every illegal ballot that gets counted. So, I mean, basically, the Democrats always get it their way. The Democrats get it their way. They they basically say voter ID. If if we could ban voter ID and open up mail in ballots and thirty day windows to to vote and and allow for ballot harvesting, that's just going to make it easier for people to vote. That's just going to make it so one more person can vote and be part of the be part of democracy. And that's what they say. But. We know, we know that the thousands of people coming through the border and the ballot harvesters and is a threat to the republic, right? But it's also, it is, for every illegal vote, it nullifies and neutralizes every, every, each and every legal vote. So, um where where's the where is the civil liberties and civil right protections for that person and i just say so long as you can't so long as you could prove fraud could occur with the system that they're trying to put in place which is no voter id ballot harvesting mail in balloting drop off anonymously you a lack of signature verification the whole ball of wax so long as we go down that road if someone could just go to the court and prove how they could fraudulate that you know defraud it then that's that should be it so long as it's fallible it should not be a system that's approved simple it's a simple logic despite all of this though the polls are indicating that trump is dominating and why this is important right now is because they're prosecuting Trump and he's the leading candidate, even over the Biden, right? So how can you get away with doing what they're doing? 
this these frivolous political witch hunt indictments. Latest CBS News poll shows this potential matchup rematch between Biden and Trump. Trump is up three points over Joe Biden. Now, what's behind this? You want to understand how people think about today and the future. Today, the number of folks who say that things in America are going badly has hit its high for the year. So you might expect any incumbent to be down as Biden is. Then look at this. Looking forward to how they might be financially, if Donald Trump wins, way more people think they'd be better off. Joe Biden, for his part, hasn't fully convinced his own Democratic Party that he would help them or that he's necessarily, for voters overall, better than Donald Trump at tackling inequality, helping the middle class that's still reeling from from inflation. Let's look overseas. Well, it's Donald Trump that more voters think would decrease the chances of the U.S. being in a war overseas if he were to win. That's driven by a lot of Republican unity on the idea, but perhaps a tough finding for an incumbent who's trying to navigate through these international crises like Joe Biden is. And I want to go and look at the attitudes that people have about this potential rematch. Donald Trump's voters more apt to say they're hopeful and motivated by this chance. But Joe Biden's voters, by comparison, a little more nervous. A little more frustrated is what they say, and voters overall echo some of those sentiments. It's a reminder that, number one, a lot of voters still aren't paying a lot of attention. Number two, you've got an election over the next year that might be more about motivation than persuasion. All right, so there's that, but I got, I got a better one for you, okay? I got a better one for you. So here are the numbers. Uh, this is a CBS News poll. It says Trump's up 51 to Biden's 48. That to me doesn't sound like enough. But with independents, it's 54% to 44%. And not only that, but when the polls are, when pollsters poll people, they're less inclined to saying they support Trump because they don't want to get kicked in the face. They don't want to get their hair set on fire. They don't want to get their windows broken, you know, like the liberals tend to do. You know, steal your signs, mark up your car, key your car, egg your car, whatever. They're just a violent bunch of morons and Neanderthals. Um, but that's the way it is right now in American politics. The Democrats are stupid and the Republicans are smart. Um, and civilized um, and tolerant of opposing views. The de- it's the Republicans that will actually want to have debates. The Democrats, they don't want to debate. They don't want to have a discussion. They don't want to discuss anything. They just want to have a one-way conversation with you. That's it. They just want it their way, and that's it. It's why in California they have $18 Big Macs because of this stupid minimum wage thing that's only going to lead to automation and joblessness. <laughs> but they can't see it because, again, they're just pretty stupid. In any case, um, this poll looks great for Trump, but this is the kicker. Listen to this. This is mind-blowing. This is on... CNN, reporting on the New York Times lead stories. And uh, wow, this is great. The the New York Times 
and they're right about it, says, in a remarkable sign of a gradual racial realignment between the two parties, the more diverse the swing state, the farther Mr. Biden was behind. And he led only in the whitest of six. The New York Times. Did you hear that? And I'm, I'm seeing this in all kinds of polls and all kinds of rhetoric and all kinds of dialogue. I'm seeing it trending on YouTube with black conservative channels popping up everywhere. And I'm seeing it on street interviews, man on the street interviews, where black people are fed up with the Democrat plantation. And I saw these polls that indicated that Trump is actually outpacing Biden. It's like the first time this has ever happened where the Republicans are doing better with black people than Democrats. And I don't know why it's ever not been that way. I mean... When you look at the Republican Party, it was founded by Abraham Lincoln, who set out to abolish slavery. Uh, you got George Wallace, the governor of Alabama, that was all for segregation and stood in the doorway uh, in Birmingham, Alabama, and wouldn't let those black kids integrate into a white school. And the Democrats, you know, were just, have, have always been intolerant, discriminating, and racist. They were the Grand Poobah founders of the KKK. (laughs) It's only when Northern Republicans went South that did the South start to get, get itself straight with regard to integration and race, racial harmony. It's, it's always been the black people that have exploit, exploited black people like Jesse Jackson and his Rainbow Coalition or Al Sharpton and his National Action Committee. They have all been, you know, basically these hustlers hijacking, seeding power based on lies and always saying the exact opposite of what they, they're actually doing. Listen to this one more time. The New York Times, in their right about it, says, in a remarkable sign of a gradual racial realignment between the two parties, the more diverse the swing state, the farther Mr. Biden was behind. And he led only in the whitest of six. The New York Times, in their right about it. So it's a white elitism. White elites tend to be the most racist the white liberal elites from the universities, they don't know it. They'll, 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 they can't believe themselves. They can't even believe that their, their actions don't mimic their rhetoric because they know right from wrong, but they're so elitist that they can't help themselves. So one year from Election Day, 76% of adults in this poll say that the country is headed in the wrong direction. Let's take a listen. George, voters are just plain frustrated across the board. 76% of adults in this poll say the country is headed in the wrong direction. Only 23%, less than a quarter of the country, say that we're headed on the right track. And the issues that are animating voters' frustration, it's almost unspeakably vast and broad. Economy, 74% of Americans say it's very important to them personally. 69% say the same about inflation. Those are issues in our poll that tend to favor Republicans. Voters say they trust Republicans more than Democrats on those issues. And guess what? It's the economy, stupid, right? 
Isn't that what James Carville said in 1992 when he was, you know, campaign uh, chairman and manager for um, Bill Clinton? Of course. It was in in, um, New Hampshire. After um, Clinton lost in Iowa and elsewhere. Speaking of Iowa, by the way, Kim Reynolds just endorsed De Sanctimonious. And according to the polls in that situation, that situation doesn't bode well for Kim Reynolds or uh, De Sanctimonious. It does not. Kim Reynolds to endorse a candidate who will never be president. And the Trump administration put this out and said, Kim Reynolds apparently has begun her retirement tour early as she clearly does not have any ambition for higher office. Earlier this year, she promised her constituents that she would remain neutral in the race. Yet she has completely gone back on that promise. Republicans, uh, regardless her, I can barely read this because the text is so small. Regardless, her endorsement will not make any difference in this race. In a poll conducted about the impact of Reynolds' endorsement, 72% of respondents replied that it would not affect how they vote. President Trump is the undisputed leader of the Republican Party. It's undisputed. All right, so pretty dumb move on Kim Reynolds' part to break her promise and backtrack on what her what she said and and endorse a, a loser candidate has no chance of winning. Kim Reynolds is endorsing DeSantis. Status shows her support won't mo- move the needle. Another report suggests. All right, so we're going to get to this Biden crime family situation. This was put out by the Wall Street Journal. Opinion piece is a video. It's really good. I'm hoping it carries well through audio, but let's take a listen. My son has not made money in terms of this thing about lie. What are you talking That's about? A lie. China. The latest revelations in the House Oversight Committee investigation into Biden family business dealings involves a two checks that landed in Joe Biden's personal bank account. One was for $40,000, the other $200,000. We've proven the family had over 20 shell companies. We had proven they've had all these bank accounts. Now we have enough bank accounts in, John, where we can actually trace the money back to the source. According to the committee's latest bank records memo, the first check was written to Joe Biden on September the 3rd, 2017, after a series of complicated financial transactions. The memo alleges that earlier that same year, Hunter Biden and his business associates forged a venture with CEFC, an energy company with connections to the Chinese government which obliged it to contribute a $10 million capital payment. When the money didn't arrive, Hunter, on July 30th, reportedly sent a WhatsApp message to CEFC associate Raymond Zhao, which in part reads, I am sitting here with my father, and we would like to understand why the commitment made has not been fulfilled. How involved were you in your son's Chinese shakedown text message? Were you sitting there? Were you involved? No. The WhatsApp message continued with a warning from Hunter. I will make certain that between the man sitting next to me and every person he knows and my ability to forever hold a grudge, that you will regret not following my direction. It looked to have worked. First, 
Northern International Capital, a Chinese company associated with CEFC, wired $5 million to Hudson West 3, a joint venture established by Hunter Biden and a CEFC associate. Remember, a CEFC is the energy company with connections to the Chinese government. Then Hudson West 3 sent $400,000 to an entity owned and controlled by Hunter Biden. That was called a Wasco PC. Next, Hunter Biden wired $150,000 to Lion Hall Group, a company owned by James and Sarah Biden. James is Joe Biden's brother. Sarah is James's wife. Sarah Biden then withdrew $50,000 in cash from Lion Hall Group. Later the same day, she deposited it into her and James Biden's personal checking account. So where does Joe Biden figure in all this? A few days later, Sarah Biden cut a check to Joe Biden for $40,000. $40,000 is 10% of that original $400,000 transfer payment. And a percentage that may sound familiar as a claim by a former Hunter business associate that a piece of the CEFC was earmarked for Joe Biden. On May 13, 2017, I received an email concerning allocation of equity, which says 10% held by H for the big guy. In that email, there's no question that H stands for Hunter, big guy for his father, Joe Biden. So what do Biden defenders say that the $40,000 was for? The memo line of the check said loan repayment. Which may well be true. I've never spoken to my son about his overseas business. The second check to Mr. Biden, again from James and Sarah Biden, was for $200,000. According to House Oversight, in 2018, James Biden received $600,000 in loans from a rural hospital operator called AmeriCorps, which was struggling financially. Company bankruptcy documents say James Biden received these loans based upon representations that his last name, Biden, could open doors and that he could obtain a large investment from the Middle East based on his political connections. On March 1st, 2018, AmeriCorps wired a $200,000 loan into James and Sarah Biden's personal bank account, not their business bank account. And then on the very same day, James Biden wrote a $200,000 check from this same personal bank account to Joe Biden. Again, the check memo line said that this was a loan repayment, which it may well have been. But the fact remains that the White House has already changed its response regarding the president's business relationship with his son. The president was never in business with his son. And now it's changed again. Mr. Biden did not profit from his family members' business ventures, reads ranking oversight Democrat Jamie Raskin's statement. With James Comer's latest bank memo, a question about the Biden family's business dealings are mounting. The bank records don't end here. There's more to come. You know, and when when it wasn't global warming for a while, there was a 20-year pause. They changed it to climate change. You can't debate that. So Jamie Raskin's like, no, well, you didn't profit. That wasn't the benchmark when we set out on this journey. Let's like t- take a listen to how this was addressed on Sunday over the weekend uh, with uh, new updated information about the new subpoenas that are com- coming out. The latest evidence is this check in 2017, which Joe Biden received a personal check from James and Sarah Biden for $40,000, which Comer says was laundered money from CEFC China Energy, which, of course, is backed by the Chinese Communist Party. Now, in that deal, Hunter Biden and CEFC associate Gong Wendong 
allegedly receive $5 million from the CCP-linked energy company, with Hunter Biden forwarding $400,000 of that money to an entity he solely controlled, an LLC. That entity then later wires $150,000 to a company owned by James and Sarah Biden. James and Sarah Biden then withdraw $50,000 from their company, and they deposit the money into their personal bank account, with the couple then cutting a check to Joe Biden for $40,000, listing it as a loan payment. The transaction allegedly the same business deal in which Joe Biden was listed as the big guy to receive 10% of all monies in an email sent by Biden family associate James Gilliar. The $40,000 check to Joe is obviously 10% of the initial $400,000 paid to Hunter Biden. Joining me now in a Sunday Morning Futures exclusive is House Oversight Committee Chairman, Congressman James Comer. Mr. Chairman, thanks very much for being here this morning. Good morning. Is that $40,000 check in step with 10% for the big guy? It sure is. And if you go back to that email that you just put on the screen, uh, Tony Bobulinski, who was also supposed to be in on that deal with CEFC and the Bidens, where Joe Biden was supposed to get 10 percent, according to Hunter Biden, uh, it matches up perfectly. We traced the $40,000 check that Joe Biden received all the way back to that WhatsApp message where Hunter Biden claimed his father was sitting beside him, where he was shaking down the Chinese operative. That's where that $40,000 was triggered. We, just a few weeks after that text message, that $40,000 landed in Joe Biden's pocket after the Bidens laundered it. But that money came from China, further evidence that Joe Biden benefited from his family's influence peddling scheme. Well, you have now released a lot of evidence with regard to this situation, whether it be witness testimony, 176 suspicious activity reports, now these checks going directly to Joe Biden. He says he never discussed business with his son, was never in business with his son. Are you planning on calling them in and getting subpoenas out? Absolutely. We've always planned on doing that. Uh, This has been a uh, painful process, Maria. We've been obstructed. We've been fought at every turn, not just by the Biden's big money attorneys, but also by the federal government. The IRS has obstructed. The DOJ has obstructed. The Treasury has uh, obstructed. FBI has obstructed. And the Democrats on the House Oversight Committee have pretty much been the Biden legal defense team. But through it all, we have followed the money. We've done this the right way. We've subpoenaed bank accounts. And now we have enough bank accounts, Maria, where we can actually trace the money. We can connect the dots because as you, as you showed on the screen with the series of transactions, that's called money laundering. And this was a very organized criminal enterprise by the Biden family. Uh, this wasn't just some drug addict, uh, you know, doing concoctions and, and, and making wild transactions. This was very organized. And the reason they did these these uh, complicated transactions was to uh, disguise the source of the revenue and to deceive the IRS from paying taxes. So what you're going to see in the coming weeks is a lot of loans. Anytime the Bidens have money, they're going to claim it was a loan because you don't have to report loans on your taxes. If you're the IRS and you're just looking at someone's taxes, you would never know that Joe Biden got two 
checks for loan repayments, $200,000 and $40,000. You wouldn't know about all the money that, that we're going to show that James Biden took in and Hunter Biden took in from loans. Loans is a way, it, it's, it's an integral part of money laundering where you deceive from the IRS about the revenue you're taking in. In other words, you're a tax cheat. Wow. So in other words, in addition to potential bribery, influence peddling, there could be tax evasion as well? We all we see in the Biden transactions are loans, loans, loans. But you never see where they made any interest payments on loans. Very seldom do you see where they even made a principal payment on the loans. I think the Biden, the next big question the Biden family, including Joe Biden, is going to have to answer to the American people is, what exactly are the terms of these loans? What type of documentation do you have on these loans? Were you going to pay these loans back? Were these forgivable loans? Were these grants? If so, in addition to influence peddling, which we have clearly proved the Bidens were doing, they have tax fraud implications with the IRS. When are you expecting to issue the subpoenas to bring Biden family members in front of your committee? And how many subpoenas are you expecting to issue? Well, I think the subpoenas are imminent. I think this is going to be a big week. Look, first of all, we know Tuesday, uh, my friend Jim Jordan, who's also on the Oversight Committee, but he's chair of the Judiciary Committee, doing a great job investigating the weaponization of the federal government. Uh, He's bringing in uh, Special Counsel Weiss, for a deposition. That is a a very important part of the overall impeachment inquiry investigation. There are also a a lot of other documents that I think are about to be released this week pertaining to loans and different things that the the Bidens have been engaged in that make no sense, uh, that are are completely counter to what Joe Biden has said publicly. Uh, We're also, as you know, we've subpoenaed a lot of bank documents, and it's taken a long time to get these bank documents in. We're waiting on a few more uh, documents to come in that we've successfully subpoenaed painted, but it's taken forever. And and again, Maria, I don't think the average person can imagine how many different checking accounts the president's son had. And considering he didn't have a legitimate business, that in itself is an enormous red flag. So once all those come in, I think you're going to see swift action on on Biden's. And I would would predict uh, somewhere around two dozen subpoenas uh, in the very near future. Two dozen subpoenas. Subpoenas are imminent. Uh, And you said uh, each of these LLCs had dozens of accounts attached to the LLC? Some some LLCs had a single account. Some uh, LLCs had multiple accounts. But, uh, you know, it's been very difficult not only to obtain all of the bank statements, but to put the pieces together. Again, I can't emphasize this enough. This was a very organized criminal scheme by the Bidens. And here's the problem for Joe Biden. He lied about his knowledge and involvement of his family's shady influence peddling schemes. We've proven the family was influence peddling. Even the Democrats and the media won't touch that. We have proven the Bidens were influence peddling. Now what we're looking at is Joe's involvement. And what we have proven in the last two weeks with the checks to Joe Biden is Joe Biden benefited directly from his family's shady influence peddling scheme. And it doesn't matter whether or not they come up with some type of document that says it was a loan, which it wasn't, but let's just say that they come up with something. The only way they could have paid Joe Biden 
is through the family's influence peddling. So either Joe Biden got a $240,000 kickback, which he didn't pay taxes on, or Joe Biden actually did make a loan to the family and they paid him back through proceeds of influence peddling hmm. and 40000 of that being the 10% from that CEFC deal where wow. Joe Biden was the big guy. Either way, Joe Biden's $240,000 better off because of his family's criminal activity. And, and, you know, I know it's been hard to get all of the Republicans on the same page for a long time. We saw that play out in the speaker's race. But I see that your colleague, Don Bacon, tweeted out this video from the Wall Street Journal explaining the influence peddling potential here. Uh, yeah, so that was the video we, uh, we actually just played for you before. Um, but think about this, too. There is nothing but energy companies. And what is the Biden's number one attack on a middle class? And the number one reason why we have the inflation we have because of the denial of lease agreements that the, um, you know, all of this climate change BS, it's a scam, total scam. And so here they are with CEFC, Burisma. We already talked about Infinitum, um, Freeport McMorrin and the mining of cobalt in the Congo and how they got billions of dollars of Chinese funding to um, finesse getting the access and the rights to the Congo mines, but also to empower Freeport McMoran, an Arizona-based mining company. This was reported by a congressman, right? This is not conspiracy at all. And then there's Emperex, the company that makes the batteries in China, the Bidens have a stake in it. So, so, so long as they put g- gas-powered vehicles out of business, they can continue to produce in a production line the battery manufacturing from soup to nuts, from soup to nuts. We have a caller. We're going to go ahead and take this um, caller here. Caller, you're on the air. Is this John from... Yes, Scott. Yeah, yes. hey. Yes, it is. Go ahead. So, Scott, good morning. Yes, good, good morning. morning. Um, so, Scott, uh, yeah, this is John from Illinois. I was going to say a couple things. You, know, you, you touched earlier on uh, Jared Kushner's comment about American Jews on college campuses. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I got to tell you, I've been sort of taking the attitude of, I don't have a dog in this fight. The, the, Part of the problem is American Jews is a group through Benai Briss and ADL, the Anti-Defamation League, groups like Southern Poverty Law Center, which is not a Jewish organization. But uh, but a lot of these groups have opposed every effort to control immigration. And American Jewish groups were prominent in passage of the Immigration Reform Act of yeah. 1965, which was the single worst piece of legislation in the country's history and is why the country will ultimately end up being Brazil 2.0. And it set a lot of the things we see around us in motion. And when we talk about the quote-unquote Muslim ban, which really weren't Muslim ban, but this restricted immigration from certain countries that may tend to promote uh, terrorism, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Jewish groups weren't really in support of that, from what I remember. And so the part of the problem is now you come up and say, well, gee, we're in, in danger. This has been a deliberate policy of immigration, and it, it increased under Bush. 
as he wanted to show how magnanimous we were. You know, we're attacking you, but we'll bring you in here. And so a lot of this now is the results, you know, just the fruits of our own actions. And so when people say, well, gee, you know, I don't like this. You know, let's, let's jump on this and let's get into the spray. You know, none of this is necessary. But now it happened in part because of policies that. Oh, we're constantly we're creating a problem. Then we're putting we're getting paid to we're getting paid to create the problem. We're getting paid to put the problem of the fire out. So someone's getting paid to be the arson. Someone's getting paid to actually put the fire out. And then there's an offshoot benefactor to the whole migration thing in and of itself. You know, one of the things that people need to understand about Israel is that their politics are as divided as Americans. That Trump. Uh, Biden and uh, Obama hate Trump as much as the liberal wing of the liberal party in Israel hating the conservative party in Israel. And that there was liberal infiltration. There was liberals in Israel that wanted a two-state solution. They wanted... Uh, they were in bed with Hamas. They wanted a two-state solution, and they were the ones that organized and perpetrated some of this attack on Israel itself because this sparked and ignited. This would not be the first time. I mean, we had COVID, a bioweapon that was designed in part, in part to rig an election or to get rid of Trump in some way, fashion, or form, and they achieved that success. To usurp power from the middle class, they start these wars all the time to get refugees and slave labor, migration. They do a lot of these things. We, we, it's so evil we can't even imagine what they're doing. But a, some of this organization in the Gaza Strip and West Bank were, were perpetrated by a liberal wing of the Israeli government. Yeah, well, I, I think you know, there is the argument that, well, actually, Netanyahu apparently supported Hamas as a way to promote the most radical version of the Palestinian Yeah, cause. and I think it's ignorant that he would do that. I'm not a big you know, not Netanyahu fan. I think he's a globalist. You know, well, well, I, you know, I, I'm open on that one in one way or the other, but, but, but although I think I like him better than other Israeli leaders. That I, said, me, me as no, well, I'm, me as well. I mean, is at the, but the Jewish groups in America, they really didn't want to oppose the immigration, but that's, what, that's what's brought a lot of the radicalism to the campuses. So it's a little late to hear these complaints about this when, yes, of course it's wrong that this is happening to Jewish students, and of course the university should do something about it. Uh, but they're sympathetic with these students, and yeah. this has been allowed to fester and burn for a long time. And so now we are where we are, but this this could have been, this has been a product of fifty years, and honestly, I don't know, at this point, I'm just a little frustrated when I hear people complain about something they've seen happen and promoted. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm sorry. It's well, we're out of time. Well, right, we're, we're out of time, but thank you thank for calling in today. Thank you. All right, you're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Be sure to check out magapack.org. Make a donation if you'd like to keep Scott Adams Show commercial-free. Use Red State over at mypillow.com, and we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, everybody.